parachute pants? Yeah. Um, does, it, does everybody parachute now? Hello, everyone. My rough cut retrospectors out there. Uh, welcome to episode 10. Milestone, Jackson. We did it. We've, we've made it. And we're done. This is the last episode. <laughs> and in, our, in season Ten one. home runs, you know. Yeah. You got to go out with a bang. Um, no. Exactly. Uh, this is episode 10, and it's 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Let's make this one count, guys. Yeah. We, we really botched 2020, and <laughs> 2021 is going to be great, I think. Hopefully. I think it will be slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that's all we can ask for. And that's being optimistic. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I like those odds. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're back uh, to the new year. Um, I'm Carter. I'm Jackson. Yep. And we're, we're here. And we're going to be the first thing, hopefully, you hear in the new year. So your new year's starting off just dandily. Right at 12, at, right at midnight, you know, people are popping this in and giving it a listen. <laughs> popping this in? Are we on, like, cassette tapes? Yes. <laughs> people are putting us in the boom box and just walking down the street. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah, Jackson, uh, what have you been up to? How's life? Um, Life's good. I just celebrated Christmas with, like, a very limited number of people. Yes. Um, As did it was I. fine, you know? We made the best of it. And that's all you can do in these situations. So yes, we are the optimistic <laughs> boys over here. Exactly. <laughs> same. But otherwise, same. Uh, nothing too crazy. It's been nice having an actual break and being able to relax. Yeah. So yeah. Agreed. Um, so we're here. How are you? And uh, Jackson, do we have an announcement in terms of analytics for the for our listeners out there? Yes, <gasps> I have some great news. We have a new international listener. <gasps> Yes, I know. Amazing. We have That was my reaction. <laughs> we have a new listener from Brazil, Brazil, which means that we have we between we've had we've been listened to in four countries, but coincidentally, they have also fallen into four different continents. Yes. So I think that's really cool. Look at us. We are the Globetrotters. So shout out to the United States, <laughs> Turkey, Kenya, and Brazil, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. If you are, have no longer listened to our podcast since the first time, I hope you're tuning in right now and hearing our shout out for you. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. If you uh, and if you know somebody from another continent, send it to them. They they don't even have to listen to it all the way. Just tell them to put it on three times speed and yeah, let us look at that analytic and and rejoice. You know. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to that. Um, and I think. We're here, Jackson, in the new year, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about some two movies to start off our new year uh, once we get down there. We're going to do our first little reviews, so that is going to be a hoot and a half. Um, Beautiful. Should we dive in, Jackson, before we uh, talk about these two movies? Yeah. Let us do it. Uh, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What are you into? So, Carter, um, as many know, we just had Christmas, and one of my amazing gifts that I got this year was the Oculus Quest 2, Oh! and for those who don't know, 
is uh, like a virtual reality headset with like controllers for it, and it's insane. Very nice. Um, it's super immersive. It like like I have two games on it. It's Beat Saber, which is like Guitar Hero, but with like EDM songs, and like you use like lightsabers to like slice notes that are coming at you, which what? is insane. It's so cool. That is the future. <laughs> and then, yeah, it really it it really the future is, is it's, now. It's absolutely nutty. Um, and then the other game I have, which I think is my favorite, is called Super Hot. Oh, and what it is that describes it's you like. Oh, thank you. Oh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, but what it is, um, is you're like in like a simulation where like these like geometric looking bad guys are like coming at you, and you have like in each like level it kind of just throws you in and you have to look around for like objects and stuff to take them out with. Uh huh. But the trick is like as long as you're standing still, time moves very slow or is like completely frozen. So you do like so you like you look for objects and like dodge stuff in slow motion and like try to take them out. It's very matrixy and it's super fun. You're living in the matrix, is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, basically. And also, this isn't like super fun, but <laughs> you can get Netflix on it. <laughs> You watch, so you just watch, so watch Netflix and your Oculus? I watch, yeah, it, it like puts you in like a big room with like a projector and like a couch. Oh, really? It's really weird. That's kinda, I like that's it. That's kind of trippy. I wish that like if you watch something scary that like it would like put a person in the room with you and like you had to like look around for it Man. or something. I don't know. That could be like is this, creepy. Is this going to be the future of like movie going? If if some theaters go in the way un, under the waist side, we'll just It's honestly not bad. It really like, like the longer you look at it, the more it feels like a really big screen. That's kind of scary. And you do feel like immersed in it. So I could totally see that. I like thing. that. It was really fun. I bet that's coming. So yeah, I, that's mine. I bet that's coming at some point because one time my friend Will Hopkins and I, we went to Las Vegas. Shout out. Nice. Shout out, Will. And uh, we went to Las Vegas and we went on this roller coaster. And there's the roller coaster has a VR option. You can put like VR headset <laughs> on. I know. You can put a VR headset on while you're on the roller coaster. And it puts you in like this alternate world. And we went on the first time without it. And then we went on a second time with it. And it was a mistake. It <laughs> it was too much it, it hurt us we got off that roller coaster <laughs> we did not feel well um, there's a game that i want to get on it where it's like walk the plank and like you basically just have to like walk the plank basically oh, without falling off that's right but it puts you in these virtual landscapes where it looks like you're like 50 stories off the ground oh i'm into that it's pretty crazy i've never really done vr except for that experience in vegas so you get lost in it for sure like it, it's pretty immersive you don't think you would like fall for it but it tricks your brain so quickly <laughs> it's pretty fun maybe this time next year i'll be in an, in an oculus headset instead of movie theaters yeah who's to say that's how you'll listen to podcasts now <laughs> yes Somehow. i'll sit in an empty room <laughs> and just listen to audio i love that <laughs> beautiful uh, so Jackson, what are you into this week, Carter? Here's what I'm into. Um, mm -hmm. So other than you know, we watched these two new movies that we're gonna review. I watched Soul. I watched yep. Wonder Woman. But I also watched in between those. I watched a little Netflix joint called The Midnight Sky. Are you familiar with this? Ooh. Tell me about it. This is a George Clooney joint. Um, Ooh, it's directed by George Clooney. Batman fame. Yes, of course, as everyone will know him from. Um, 
But yeah, George Clooney directed it, and it is based on the book called, uh, I don't remember, Good Morning Midnight, yes, by Lily Brooks Dalton. Um, mm-hmm. This is a little post-apocalyptic movie, um, and it follows George Clooney, the Cloonster. Um, he is a lonely little scientist in, like, the Arctic, and okay. it's because all humans have, like, left Earth and or some of them have to like search for a different planet because their planet's going to the pooper and cool (laughs) while that's happening he's doing shenanigans down on earth there's also a spaceship with felicity jones on it and love her yeah and so george clooney is trying to stop her and her fellow astronauts on that ship from returning home to a global catastrophe um Interesting. Which sounds very exciting, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> so, okay. vi- visually, it looks awesome. It looks great. There's some cool space stuff just... and mm-hmm. some cool, like, Arctic-y stuff. Um, but it's just kind of boring. Um, Who did that boring space movie with Clooney would happen again? I know. Oh, shout out Gravity um gravity was so boring oh man hot take stressed me out too oh it we can agree there it stressed me out i needed a cigarette (laughs) afterwards um i don't smoke um but it's just kind of boring it probably is what a post-apocalyptic world would actually be like um but that's not entertaining um so yeah it was kind of boring Clooney's charming love Clooney, but there wasn't any like thrilling like cool thrilling set pieces um whatever (laughs) It has a nice little twist at the end, um, which is kind of cool and kind of neat. So it kind of makes it worth it. But uh, it's yeah. it's just fine. So Apparently, Clooney has a uh, photo of him as Batman, like in his suit, on his desk. But nobody knows if it's like a reminder to like not listen to the critics or like to never play stuff like that ever again. <laughs> or he just has a fetish for rubber nipples. Yes, his rubber nipple suit. <laughs> Because that could also be it. Um, that could be it. <laughs> I don't know. I love that he just keeps apologizing for Batman and Robin. Like in every interview. He's like, I'm sorry. It's like bad, but it's not like offensive. It's, it's like one of those movies that's so bad, it's great. It's just pure camp. It's so campy. And you got to appreciate Speaking it. Speaking of movies that are <laughs> so bad that they're great, we'll get on to that later too. <laughs> great segue, almost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what we're into. We love that. Um... Next segment, Jackson? Yeah, moving into our next segment, we got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. You think you're too cool for school, but I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. Beautiful. Do you want to go first or I? Uh, yeah, I can do something quick. Um, there wasn't a ton of stuff going on this week as far as movie news. Thank um, goodness. But, yeah, I know. That would have been another we've had so many weeks full of movie news it's kind of nice to take a little breather breather um but for sure uh ray fisher who played cyborg in the justice league movie and the soon-to-be snyder cut uh of the justice league movie (laughs) watch out for that guys yeah um he's dropping his role as cyborg in the dc universe potentially yes um after tension after tensions between like studio execs and Joss Whedon uh, and just like all that jazz. So yeah, Ray Fisher is probably out. So what do you, what do you think about that? Um, Tough looks for DC. 
um, who just yeah. can't seem to catch a break, which also a great segue into later. Um, <laughs> but that's too bad because I like I don't know what Ray Fisher had been in previously, if he had been in anything. He was a that, Broadway guy. I think this yeah, was his first movie. That's right. That's why I'm not too familiar with him. But I yeah. liked. I mean, you're the you're the comic guy, so I guess you could tell me. But I liked for whatever Justice League was. I he I didn't mind him at all, but. I thought his backstory was famously like cut, infamously cut, and like yeah, torn to pieces. Yeah, they cut a lot of stuff out. Which is probably where the tension is because he didn't get to do with the mm-hmm. character or what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, that's that's too bad, but I'm sure he'll too bad. he'll find better work now. Now that he's gotten the bag, I think he'll take on some mm-hmm. some probably more meaningful roles, which will be nice for him. He has, like, the face to be an action hero, too. Like, and, yeah. and he has, like, dramatic acting chops. I think he'll do just fine. Yeah, I could you know? I could see him in a Netflix movie in the next one or two mm-hmm. years just to get back on his feet. He'll find his footing. I'm not worried about and him. It's not surprising either because, like, he's been pretty uh, opinionated of Joss Whedon these past couple of years. Yeah. Um, after he took over the Justice League, apparently Joss Whedon is a really sucky dude. Not a good guy, turns out. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. So, I think Ray Fisher made the good call. Yeah. yeah but now that one, like, it uh, brings to attention, like, do they recast him? Do they just drop the character for a while? Because at one point, he was slated to have his own movie. Really? Um, which I don't know how that would have worked personally. Uh, yeah. But I had I had also read they wanted him like to be in the Flash movie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I don't know what they'll do. Uh, if I were them, I would recast um, yeah. someone more comedic. Can I? Because uh, just a thought I just had in my head. Yeah. Because because you said Broadway guy, he was a Broadway guy. Mm-hmm. I thought just now of Leslie Odom Jr. Um, I don't know. He's funny, um, but he was in uh, Harriet, and he's going uh-huh. to be in the what's it called? One Night in Miami. What? What? What about? How many nights and nights in Miami is that movie called? Sure. That's coming out. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, he's about to be in that, um, and he's getting some cool. slide awards buzz for it. So maybe he could. And he's in Hamilton, obviously. That's where he's from. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I think uh, not the funniest guy, but. I think John Boyega could be an interesting choice. Oh, yeah. Would he get into a franchise again? A very contentious franchise? Especially one that's, like, so not great <laughs> already. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if... I think you could maybe convince them to get into the MCU. Yeah. Is it worse to be but... <laughs> affiliated with Star Wars in terms of fans or worse to be affiliated with comic book movies in terms of fandom? Probably it Star Wars, It depends what yeah. comic book movies... I would say probably Star Wars, but like the Snyder Cut fans are literally insufferable. That's true. Um, <laughs> so it really depends. I think John Vega would be really fun. I also think um, Shamik Moore, who I've mentioned a oh, couple yeah. times on here, we stand Shamik Moore. Here. Um, yeah, he's in Dope, and he uh, voices uh, Miles Morales and in Into the Spider Verse, and I think he could bring an interesting younger take to it. I know he's like mid twenties, but like he kind of plays younger usually. Sure, I'm into but that. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, I think this is a great time to recast Ezra Miller because apparently he like choked out his fan. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> what is wrong with and DC maybe, guys? I don't know. Man, there's st- all of the actors are struggling. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Jason Momoa yeah. is our only. Oh, he's fine, right? 
I think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think he's the one consistent, loyal person who has yet to be semi-problematic. I don't think he's been problematic at all. I don't either. He wasn't but in yeah. that. Uh, he wasn't in that Imagine music video that Gal Gadot made. <laughs> oh God! So. Don't remind me. <laughs> so whatever. Anyway. Nice. Um, my quick news is just a quick little thing that I read yesterday, and I thought it was kind of neat. Um, Creed three, Jackson. Uh, Creed three is happening. Um, which is the uh, the spinoff series from the Rocky series about Apollo Creed's son. If those that don't know, um, but it stars Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson, obviously. Um, but they back. Tessa, Tessa Thompson confirmed that Michael B. Jordan is not only starring, but he's directing it. Oh, cool! So that's That'd pretty cool. Um, I thought that was cool because um, there's a tradition of Rocky movies. Um, Sylvester Stallone directed Rocky two, three, four, and mm-hmm. five after the fact, so I think that's kind of cool. That they like give the star. Ryan Coogler did Creed one and two, right? He did the first one, and then oh, uh, the second one. Uh, this guy called Stephen Capel Jr. Oh, um, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like relatively unknown at the time, but he on his IMDb I checked because I didn't know like what else he had done. He has an upcoming Transformers project, so fun. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that Good goes. For him. Um, Get that bag. But yeah, it's also unclear if Sylvester Stallone is returning. Um, for Creed three, not confirmed yet. Um, Interesting. So we'll see what what happens there. Um, I don't know. Are you a big fan of the Creed movies, Jackson? Or have you seen them? Uh, I have not, and I've also only seen Rocky one. <laughs> well, um, I've been pressured into watching the other ones. I can tell you, there's just something about Rocky Balboa that really annoys me. <laughs> well, he is a uh, kind of an annoying guy. He's so weird. <laughs> Rock, and his especially Rocky with, one. with his girl is like really uncomfortable in the first one. Oh, Adrian. I don't know. It's I need I need to get into it more. I want to understand it more, but like just because he just walks into know. pet stores and like kind of stalks her for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The training montages though, I will say are inspiring. <laughs> they are cinema. <laughs> they are cinema. The epitome so, of cinema. You got to get exactly. I think Rocky 3 is the best one. Um, okay. that has, that has the eye of the tiger montage. Um, okay. So, okay. And also I think is the best story. So, so yeah. Um, and Creed, Michael B. Jordan's, is this his first directing movie? I believe it is. Um, okay. so good for him. Bringing it back to DC comics. He's supposed to produce the black or not the black lightning, the, uh, static shock movie, oh. which will be really cool. But that makes me wonder now if he's going to also direct it, maybe. That'd be cool. Perhaps. I'd be down for that. We'll see. Fun stuff. Yeah. Good moves for Michael B. Jordan. Fun stuff. Yeah, good for him. Beautiful. Uh, that that there's our news. And uh, before we get into our main shebang, let's take a quick word from our sponsor. Woo. And we're back. Um, we're back. It's time for the main course, Jackson. Uh, this is, that's just your opinion, man. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> Gosh, I love that one uh, so much. The dude that's of vibes. Um, <laughs> so today, everyone, Jackson and I, we watched two movies of varying degree of excellence. Uh, mm-hmm. we watched Soul... And we watched Wonder Woman 1984. 
Mm-hmm. And today we're going to review them for you and all of their highs and all of their lows. We'll do a deep dive. And I will warn the viewers, not viewers, listeners, if you're watching this, I have questions. Um, <laughs> but the listeners, we are going to do first spoiler free. And mm-hmm. then um, we will spoil the movie. So we'll talk about yeah. Soul first, Jackson. Or Wonder Woman mm-hmm. first. Okay, we'll talk about Soul first. I think we should talk about Soul just because uh, there's less to unpack, I imagine. And yeah. uh, we talked about Pixar last week, so the time we're into that and then yes. we can transition. We love that. So, Good job. <laughs> um, so, yes, we will in the description we will put timestamps uh, of where the spoil section starts for each one mm-hmm. just in case you haven't seen it and you want to just get a feel of it. And then if you're going to go by our reviews and then decide whether to watch it or not, great. We have such power. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. Jackson, am I forgetting anything? I, I don't think so. Beautiful. I think, I think you nailed it. <laughs> Perfect. It's like I wrote that out or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, shall we, shall we dive into Soul, Jackson? Let's do it. Should I? Because I imagine you're going to kind of set up Wonder Woman for us. So shall I set yeah, up Soul I'll, I'll for us? I'll navigate us through Wonder Woman because there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Like I said before. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, lead us through Soul. Yes. So, everyone. Spoiler free. Yeah, spoiler free to start. I'm just going to give you the, the, the deets of Soul first. For those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, that was aggressive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, a nice rock. So, Soul. Uh, Soul, uh, it premiered on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. I watched it on Christmas Day, or Christmas night, I should say. Me too. Um, and it was just a lovely experience. First, I'll just first talk about that, is that I watched it with my family, um, which was very fun and very, very cute. We watched it in the basement on the TV. It was really fun. And yeah, what was your viewing experience, Jackson? Where did you watch it? Um, so I watched it at my girlfriend's house, and we watched it with her roommate on Christmas night as well. Wow, look at us. And it was great. It was really fun. I love that. I guess shout out to Disney Plus yeah, shout out. for not putting a paywall in front of it. Yes, so. thank you. Hashtag Mulan. Oh, yeah, cough at me. Um, anyway. That was muted. <laughs> I don't care. It's a bit now. It's staying. Um, so Soul. I always mute if I have to make a noise. Thank Sorry. You. Good to know. So Soul, if you don't know, it's a Pixar movie. It's the... 23rd Pixar film, um, the second of 2020 after Onward in March, April, one of those. Yeah. And uh, Soul's about a musician played by Jamie Foxx who has lost his passion for music and is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself, voiced by Tina Fey. Um, And also along for the ride is uh, Felicia Rashad, Angela Bassett, and mm-hmm. my guy, the best talk show host out there, Graham Norton. Oh, okay. Yeah. You like that oh. hot You like that hot take? Do you know who Graham Norton is? Uh, no. Oh, okay. He's a great talk show host. Look up Graham Norton clips who after this. Um, he's, a BB, okay. he's a BBC guy. Um, is he the one with that orange, like that big yes, room with the couch? That's him. Okay, actually, he is really good. That's a him. lot of good in- interview clips come from that show. Yes. Um, so that's Graham <laughs> Norton for you. He's great. Um, right. he plays, um, the, what's the guy's name? The pirate guy, the hippie guy. Oh, really? Yeah. He voices him. Weird. Moonwind okay. or something, something like that. Um, hmm. but 
Um, this was written and directed by Pete Doctor um, mm-hmm. and uh, Kemp Powers. Uh, they co-directed, wrote it. Um, Pete Doctor did Inside Out. He did Up. He did Monsters Inc. Um, and Kemp Powers here, back to it. He wrote One Night in Miami, which is coming out very soon. So there it <laughs> <Perfect>. was. That's <laughs> the title. It ties all in. So I guess spoiler free, just off the bat, Jackson. What did you think mm-hmm. of? Uh, what did you think of Soul? I thought it was great. Um, I think. It was probably a top seven or six like of the Pixar movies. Like it would rank really high up there. Yeah. Um, as far as that, the animation is absolutely stunning. It, it's it really hands is. down. It's the best. I don't think. I mean, and I think we're gonna get an improvement for each Pixar movie at this point. Oh yeah. But this specifically really nailed the real life aspect of that Pixar movies tend not to show. Yeah. And so like like they did like New York City in it and it looks beautiful and the people are in like are like more realistic, I guess. Like they're not like all just like blobs, cartoony shapes yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah. Um and they actually have like depth and personality and like all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. And um on top of that, I think the representation was amazing, something we've never gotten before. Yes. So, I don't know. It's all it's all been great. Yeah, I th- what you said about the animation, like go if you just go back and watch like the first ten minutes of Toy Story, and then mm-hmm. watch the first ten minutes of Soul, and just like it's so different. look how far <laughs> we've come with animation. Um, it's, it's night and day. It's really it's really good, and I think Pixar does really well as world building. I think, and mm-hmm. this was like no exception. Like the the way they built this world of the souls was very cool and very it felt very people have been comparing Mm -hmm. it to inside out um and it's very very inside out vibes just because it's a movie with a lot of existential questions and ideas oh yeah um it'll get you um yeah their handling of like really mature subjects i i mean i'm not a little kid anymore i wonder how like families with little kids like how they enjoyed it yeah because some of it almost feels like it's way more catered to adults to begin with. Yeah, this movie is like mature through and through. And there's like not like, a lot of yeah. moments that kids will like stop and enjoy like the fun. As opposed to like Inside Out, which I think does a good yeah. job of doing both. Um, yeah, like like watching the whole time I was like, I really don't know if kids would like this movie. Yeah. and That being said, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if... Weirdly enough, I think this is, like, the least catered to kids Pixar has ever made, like, as far as their stuff. Yeah, they're, like, they're definitely certain choices that are made for, like, the humor's sake in, like, the second act, yeah. which we'll probably talk about in the spoiler portion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably more geared towards kids than adults, and is probably why they went that route. They did it. But, like, yeah. the first, like, gosh, the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie are not for kids at all. And then, no. <laughs> and then like the even the resolution of the film too. Before not spoiling yet is like, yeah. <laughs> well, kids understand that probably not. But as a twenty three year old little baby boy over here, yes, <laughs> it really got to me. And yeah, one hundred percent. And I do. Oh, I need to comment on the score also. Oh yes, please do. Because it's just phenomenal. 
Um, <laughs> it's really good. It's by uh, it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And um, if those names sound familiar to you, um, Trent Reznor was is like Nine Inch Nails. If you're familiar with that band, <laughs> and they also these two did the score for Social Network, and oh won, yeah, cool, and they won the Oscar for it. Um, wow. So yeah, their score is really good. Yeah, they're big. <laughs> uh, they're big David Fincher collaborators. So I will say, I feel like personally, I was expecting way more jazz than what was in it. Oh yeah. Like, did you feel that too? Like, I was expecting it to be like. It was very, uh, very jazz heavy at the at the beginning of the movie, the front yeah, part of the movie. Yeah, and then like it basically doesn't touch it again for most of the movie. Yeah, there are little bits here I and there. Was, I thought it was great, but I, I really thought it would be spread out more evenly, I guess. I will but. say, with the jazz scores, that do Jean-Baptiste, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. He's he did That the, sounds very familiar. He is like Stephen Colbert's like sidekick guy, plays the piano oh, really? on the oh, show. That dude? Yeah, he did the <laughs> jazz scores for the movie. Oh really? Yeah, those are really good. Yeah, yeah, I like those. So I don't know if that would huh. if that counts with the score. If like if they got nominated, that would be a altogether thing. I don't know for an Oscar wise. Um, but I do like that there are just moments in the movie where you just like let the music like happen to you. Yeah, and you just like live in it, which is like the whole movie's message and mission when we get to it. But mm-hmm. but yeah. That my spoiler-free review right there, like it's just a very good watch and very prescient for 2020, I would say, in terms mm-hmm. of its messaging at the end, which will hit you like a ton of very bricks. Good, very good, very heavy, very heavy, but also like light, like I. It like handles the heaviness in a light-hearted way. It's also crazy, like just because we watched Wonder Woman, it's hard not comparing the run times and like how they use yes. that time. Yes, and like it. I don't know. I don't remember what the runtime is for Soul, but it used it really well. I think it's a bit longer than I even. I think I looked it up later, and it was longer than I thought. It, it is uses the time very well. It is 101 minutes. So yeah, yeah, an hour it's 40. Great. It's tight. Yeah, and and it one, works really well. And Wonder Woman is a whole, gosh, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. So <laughs> it's it's a little bit longer than that even. Effective. I've watched it twice time. this week. I am so sorry. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Soul. By the way, I it ranks uh, eighth on my Pixar hierarchy. Eight. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. I would say seven or eight, six, seven or eight is like yeah that. It's like that range. I have, it's great. It's really good. Yeah, I have placed it above Toy Story two, and below Coco. So that is where it stands for me. Good. Yeah, Jimmy. And the, I think we should talk about the characters really quick before we switch to the spoilers. But um, yes. They're great. <laughs> yeah, they are. I think uh, the protagonist, um, Jamie Foxx's character, what's his name again? Uh, great question. Uh, Chris? No, Joe. <laughs> I don't know where I got Chris. Joe Gardner. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's, I don't know. Like, we usually don't have adult protagonists in a Pixar movie either. Yeah. So, like, that's different. And once again, the maturity is, yeah. is through and through. So yeah, and, and then Tina Fey's yeah, character. Yeah, and then Tina Fey's great too. I think her character's like not as compelling personally, but um, yeah, they're great. I love them. Yeah, she's I like thought they did good. She's the foil for for him, which is yeah. it was it was good. It's it's well done, and it's nice that there yeah. was an actual there was a um, 
uh, who's the name I said? I forgot his name. Kemp Powers. Um, it's nice that we actually, yeah, Joe. <laughs> it's nice that we actually had some black influence on the writing of the film, mm-hmm. so it didn't seem disingenuous at all. Um, so that was a nice touch as well, because I hate going and seeing like, oh, five white guys wrote this, yeah. but that did not happen. <laughs> so that was neat. Um, so yeah, is it time to spoil Jackson? Let's do it. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, so, when I say mature story, Jackson, I mean the freaking resolution of the movie. I want to start there. Um, okay, let's do it. The the mission statement of this movie, or like the resolution of this movie, is don't conflate your passion with purpose. Be- yeah. And, and just live your life. Like, what? Are kids going to get that? <laughs> I don't even I was struggling with it. I was like, wait, why why am I in college right now? Like what is the point of that? <laughs> I was like, what Did am I, I just waste <laughs> What am I doing? Am I wasting my life? <laughs> I was like, it don't... was very Ugh, it, was... it made me really contemplate. <laughs> I know, like don't let your passions or your sparks in your life bog you down from remembering from remembering the jo- the joy of just living your life. Like, mm-hmm. dang. Um before let me before I'm going to give a little Ted talk here real quick. Cause I've been thinking about it. Like it. in like in 2020, especially, uh, I think a lot of us have found ourselves dragged down or like deflated yeah. because we either can't do the thing we want to do well enough, which is like Jamie Foxx's character, or mm-hmm. we're too indecisive and overwhelmed to find what we even want to do with our lives at all. Tina Fey's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, wow that was beautiful did you like that <laughs> i really liked that did you practice that that's great i just wrote down some notes um this is really what good. i thought about <laughs> and like soul is just the reminder i think we needed in 2020 on christmas no less that it on is just christmas. okay to just live and to just be yeah. especially in the covid times that we're living in and the beauty of life is just so simple jackson you know and we ignore mm-hmm. it and now again, I ask you: Is that a kids' movie? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we'll, um, we'll, I guess we can. I don't know. We can. Do you want to start at the beginning? I guess we can like work through it and like talk about some of the stuff. Yeah. So, um, so Joe, he he's a struggling musician. He teaches in mm-hmm. band class and whatnot. He wants to be a jazz performer. And then he gets a lucky break from his friend, who's voiced by Questlove, by the way. Um, Questlove, shout out. <laughs> that he's got a gig um, with this great jazz artist, um, I think, who's voiced by uh, uh, Angela Bassett, who hasn't aged mm-hmm. a day. Um, and he gets the gig, and then he immediately like dies, basically. Yeah. He falls down a manhole. He falls into a manhole. <laughs> and he is in this other dimension, this soul dimension. Where you either you're before he dies though, he almost dies like ten other times, which is kind of hilarious. Yes, I did like that little part. That was a cute little <laughs> thing. Um, and so then he's like, his soul has left his body, and he's about to be transported to like this giant beam of light, like the other side or whatever. I think is what they called it. The oh. music for it was so like ominous. Yeah, very spooks. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm not dead. I want to live. And then he goes into this whole other world he escapes like the death stairwell or whatever Mm -hmm. and then he goes into like the soul dimension where new souls 
gain all their like tendencies and whatnot to the personality yes <laughs> to to go down onto earth and become a human and first it's very abstract first of all wow yes very abstract and this is where the world building is so good because mm-hmm. and looking at the trailers i was like oh this part looks like it's going to be really boring and i'm not going to care about it but yeah i absolutely love this part <laughs> yeah that's the part where i thought, I thought the like the kid stuff was gonna hit very mm-hmm. hard um but turns out not really um yeah we'll get to that yeah um and then he's trying to figure out how to get back on earth and then he meets does tina Fey's character have a name Oh, it's a number, right? Uh, 22. 22. It's 22. Right. She's like lost soul, or not a lost soul. She's Be- soul 22. What's crazy? Yeah. She is the 22nd soul that was ever created in this universe. Yes. Which means she is like really, really old. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what's cool about her is that she's like been like taught or like mentored by like all of the greats of history, which is kind of funny. And you see yes. that like compilation of of her just like getting uh just like really annoying all of her mentors and them giving up on her and stuff like including like abe lincoln and stuff it's yeah that was a good part (laughs) yes and then all that and then so joe like fakes being a mentor for her because Mm -hmm. he thinks he can earn her soul per se her badge or whatever her badge yeah to go down onto earth and be himself again um and she's been there so because long like what because she's, she's missing is her like passion or something right yeah you have to find your spark which yeah. later we find out like that's the reason like to, that's just your reason to yeah. live yeah mm-hmm. um but and because she's been there so long it's because she's just a very indecisive soul she doesn't know and this is another deep part of the movie she's like i don't even know if i'm good enough to live like i haven't yeah, earned so to sad. live and you're like what on earth what who am i um, what are we doing here? So eventually they figure out how to go back to Earth because they find Graham Norton <laughs> um, in like the lost, in the zone, I think is what it's called, yeah? Mm-hmm. They go to the zone and then they figure out how to get down to Earth by... And the zone is insane. Can we talk about that for a second? The zone like... is cool. <laughs> and... Where people get like so... Well, there's like there's a couple different things. It's like people get so into their thing that they like project into the astral realm essentially and then there's people who are like these little monsters who have like gotten lost in the mundane of their life and basically have like lost their like passion yeah lost souls yeah and like like you see that dude they like save like one of those monsters and he's like working at a desk job and he like quits and he gets super excited and like basically starts his life anew which is really cool and really fun because like we all know about that but like it was fun for them to contextualize it in this universe yeah that's always such a really cool yeah and i think you just said everything there so that was perfect um thanks and then they finally they figure out how to get down back to earth with the help of graham norton in the zone and Turns out, oops, Tina Fey goes into Joe's body and Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx goes into a cat. And Which brings me to I think you my want to talk biggest about this. problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. So cats. They're, so with, how do I, how do I start this conversation? With 
and and i had this issue going into it with the trailer of like oh cool they they have a black protagonist but it looks like they're going to be in soul form or whatever for most of the movie that uh-huh. sucks because they're black and they should be celebrated for their skin color and that's really cool like we should we should show that instead of how we tend to have Hollywood tends to do this thing where if there is a black protagonist in a movie typically animated yes um, because like we don't have like we don't have a lot of black protagonists in animated movies they tend to get somehow turned into an animal or something that isn't themselves for a large part of that movie like for example uh one of the biggest ones that has the same problem is princess and the frog um and with soul i didn't think it was going to be as egregious like i was worried just because he was i was like he's going to be a soul for most of the movie that sucks but like that's what they were that's what they wanted to tackle in the story so like it is what it is and then it's like oh he got he's a cat now (laughs) it's like yeah why yeah that part um and and as we like kind of hinted to i think that is the kid aspect there yeah that's like that's trying they, to sell they the movie needed to kids. something to yeah and i don't know how i feel about that like i get the the need to put 22 tina Fey's character into a body so she can experience it and then understand yes like what it means to feel and to live and stuff like that but it feels weird to also put him in an animal i don't know i feel like you could do it in a way where you could still have that like you could put him into the same body that could be interesting yeah we're like we're like she's still controlling him but he's not an animal i don't know it's just like yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely it's it's the part that lets me that almost i had this movie at four and a half stars and yeah that's the part that like kept me from doing it um to five stars but you could almost even just have him stay as a soul and not possess something and him just be like a ghost figure or something that still sucks but like at least it's not there's just something so degrading about continually like putting people of color like depicting them into animals i don't know i think it's really weird and yeah we have a weird obsession with it and it happens all the time for some reason i don't know it's just strange i'm sure there are ways to 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 get 22 to feel those feelings and have those character beats and yes i'm sure like she can still be in joe's body too because like because then you have like the plot line of her like fixing the relationship between him and his mom and like kind of getting on like level grounds there and stuff like that of like mutual respect that she yeah. progresses for him i yeah. don't know I, I it's just weird <laughs> yeah it just it it is i do like that like i would not have liked it if like the resolution of the movie did not end with him in his own body having that yeah. like come to jesus moment um mm-hmm. So for that, I give it the pass, but I still, yeah. I, I doubt that anyone is thinking about it in the way that we're thinking about it right now. I'm sure there are, but yeah, no one is not. like, I mean, like parents are sure black like, people are like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure so, it's annoying. I would be really frustrated if that kept happening. Like I, yeah. I would like to see myself be represented in a yeah. positive light. And I don't know that that is one of the reasons why I didn't like it as much as I yes wanted to. I do like it. 
but that particularly rubs me the wrong way and i think it's really annoying that it keeps happening yeah but so but, <laughs> but yeah but after all that happens some shenanigans happen and then the resolution of the film happens where she well she discovers 22 discovers that she wants to live on earth um mm-hmm. um cuz she just wants to live and she is the reason that joe gets to rediscover that he also shouldn't be bogged down by just being a musician, which I thought was just such a brave choice for an animated movie and just a movie in general, mm-hmm. I suppose. So, so I guess that's soul Jackson. What was, what was that quote though? That was like so good from it where it's like, um, yes. Yeah, so the quote is he's like standing outside right after the jazz performance. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he feels very fulfilled and then she's like, I thought I'd feel like more. And then she says, this is Angela Bass's character. The quote is, I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to the older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish. That's what you're in right now. This, says the young fish, this is water. Deep, deep stuff there, Jackson. Just process really that, that quote, quote, listeners, if you want to just swim around in your thoughts all day so yeah yeah and i love how this movie is like more open-ended too like we don't actually know like honestly as soon as the movie started and like we learned that he could be a mentor i was like oh he's gonna be a music teacher to or like he's gonna help souls he's gonna stay dead and help souls yeah find their passion or he's gonna go back and he's gonna be a, like a really passionate teacher again and we didn't get to see what he's gonna do so like I don't know. It's more open-ended and I think he's going to call that girl that they reference and uh, yeah, he's going to move on with his life in, in like a more positive way, which I think is great. I, I, I liked that. Agreed. What he but wants again, is the I really ocean. wonder what kids think about it. I know. I'm going to, well, I'm going to pull some kids and we'll, I'll figure out what they I think about it. <laughs> yeah. What you said. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I would, soul i get like a solid four stars pretty good yeah pretty great it's 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 new it's a new pixar that we're on right now a new pixar high Mm -hmm. way if you it's also way better than onward which came out this year also oh yes like way better like even even onward like i think the story is so so but the ending is like pretty heartfelt but the animation doesn't even hold up to what soul was doing i don't know why like even by like their unrealistic like world that they set up like even within that the animation was like whatever to me like i didn't think it was like anything breathtaking but like wow soul wow soul yes <laughs> you know? soul major wow i agree major wow wonderful but yeah <laughs> so <laughs> <And> now <laughs> yes guess what we get to talk about we're going into the uh non- Oh, wait, let me rephrase that. We are going into the spoiler-free yes. section. So if you are just joining us uh, from time jumping, welcome back. Yes. <laughs> Check out Soul. It's yeah. really good. Please do. We just talked about it for a little bit. It's awesome. But now we're going to go spoiler-free into Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, and it... Woo! Is a movie, Carter. It's, it certainly is moving pictures <laughs> on a screen. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's getting a lot of hate. Oh, it's watchable. It's definitely watchable. 
it's so tough because you instantly want to compare it to the original Wonder Woman. Right. And let's be honest, it is tonally and just like in general, it's very different from that. Yeah. Um, not it's nearly as heavy. Is. There's not as much heart in it, I would say. Definitely not. They. It's like. It's called like. You go ahead. It's so tough. It's like, so it's called <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. And it's like barely relative to the 80s, like at all. Like the movie, like there was like a scene that I would say like makes it feel like the 80s, maybe two. But like the story has nothing to do with the time period that they're in, like at all. You think with yeah. the, the title 1984, it would have like some sort of Orwellian theme into it. Uh, it doesn't. Um. <laughs> yeah, like when I heard Wonder Woman 84, I thought the 84 aspect was going to be like, oh, cool wardrobe, retro graphics, funnier styles, stuff like that. The basic stuff. Big Brother. And and I didn't think without spoilers that they were going to throw geopolitical crises at me from the 80s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so there was also that part of it. Um, and we need to talk about the the runtime for it. It is uh, way too long for what it is. Yeah, uh, it's it's too much. Um, it's painfully long. I will say. I've so I've watched this twice. Yeah, since you're a, it released. You're a saint for doing um, so. And the second viewing, I like. So the first time I watched it, I watched it with my girlfriend, and it was really fun because we like to talk through movies now, mm-hmm. and it's a really fun experience whenever you don't like whenever you just want to like. Like, because we watched it at home, you watched it in theater, so we can talk about that experience, too. Yes. Like, I was able to laugh at the parts that weren't intentionally funny and yeah. able to, like, talk through it to understand some of the plot because it is pretty confusing at times, to be honest. Yes, it is. Or, like, just to, like, point out, like, the plot holes in it that, like, it has a lot of plot holes, too. Um, Boy, does it. But yeah, yeah. How, did when you, I, how did you like watching it in theaters? So I went with my friend, uh, our friend Alex Fry, uh, mm-hmm. to the movie theaters. We all we put our masks on and we sat through the movie, sat in the dark was for two crowded? and a half hours. It was not crowded. Um, cool. I mean, there were a few. I mean, there were a few people. Like there were, we were all spread out. Obviously, I would say there were maybe ten people in the theater, perhaps. Wow, that's that's insane um, for the day. You went the day after Christmas, right? Yeah, and we literally went at 12.30. Um, I went in early times with that. Normally, that would be a packed theater at yeah. that time. That's yeah, the insane. day after Christmas. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was pretty, like, again, like the comedic beat moments that were put in there. Like, the ten of us did not laugh. Um, <laughs> no. There was kind of just, like, little, like, those breathy, like, huh, something like that. Oh. <laughs> Many times, movie theater experiences do elevate a lot of the stuff, and like when people group laugh, it's awesome. Yeah, but when nobody laughs, it's terrible. The silence is—it de- almost is makes deafening. you laugh. Yeah, you just <laughs> laugh at the absurdity of it all. Yeah, and the stuff that got those like audible scoffs are the Chris Pine stuff, which um, yeah doesn't which like, we'll get to in spoilers. He was in the trailer, so we all yeah, know he's so in. that's not a spoiler. Um, yeah. But I will say that I think the only part of the movie that really works for me is the cool mm-hmm. turn that they have had. First of all, I don't think Chris Pine should be in the movie at all. Yeah, um, but I agree with I, that probably. That, we'll talk about that in the spoiler stuff. But I will say that the parts 
that he is in, the fish out of water reversal that he's mm-hmm. in from like the first movie and having him being the fish out of water is a cool turn. But that's also like part of the problem of the movie because yeah. it's a superhero movie first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And that's how you have to sell it. And it just feels like a rom-com moment at times, which I don't mind <laughs> yeah. at all. And, but, and the relationship is good. I do love yeah. them as a couple. They have like, good chemistry. They, they really do nail that. They have Chris Pine is amazing. We don't yeah. give him enough credit, personally. He's, in my opinion, he's the best Hollywood Chris, I think. And I think everyone probably... It's either between him or, like, Chris Evans, right? Like Yeah, and then you got Chris Hemsworth that, who's there. But Chris Pratt is definitely bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Terrible. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's, like, just, like... All that's fun. I like the chemistry. But there are just no exciting action set pieces that... Like, even remotely hold a candle to, like, the trench warfare scenes in the first one. Mm-hmm. That Would, one's, yeah, there's, like, so much weight there, too. Yeah. And like, like, with, just, like, within her character and what it represents. And Yeah. And there's, like, maybe... Like this is the first sequel to any female-led superhero movie, also. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is notable that that's even a thing, also. There's, that, a, there's a lot weighing on this, on her character and her franchise, just because she was the first female superhero we've we've ever seen right and in my opinion the so far the most successful rendition of it yeah um she's great captain marvel <clears throat> well, I, I guess i i uh, captain marvel has its problems yeah, i don't yeah. hate it uh, um, yes. i guess i should uh shout out electra i guess technically electra <laughs> got a movie catwoman um, <laughs> catwoman also <laughs> oh god that is a nightmare that we should talk about oh uh, yeah we'll do a catwoman it's, pod. it's terrible <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, going back to uh, Wonder Woman, I think 1984, I think I think it has its moments. It certainly does. And I think it's those... It's too long. It's too long. But its moments are great that it does have. They don't hold a candle to what we've seen before. Yeah. But as, like, a fun, like, comic book nerd and stuff, like, I don't think I've ever... Like, Wonder Woman, like, I've never really cared about Wonder Woman before, before these movies. Yeah. And I cared, I cared about the character a lot more in the first one. And in the second one, she wasn't so good. But her action sequences that were really cool were really cool, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. I don't know. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. It has a lot of problems that we're about to address. I would give it, like, what would you rate it, Carter? I give it two stars. Two um, stars? Oh, that's low. It was I between it three. It was between two and two and a half. Um, I think it's r- above Suicide Squad, and I think it's below yeah. Aquaman. In so my, here's the thing: we, got, we have to uh, put it into context. I mean, we don't. Tr- truly, we don't have to put it into context. <laughs> but like, you almost have to compare it to the other movies within the universe, if yeah. that's even what you want to call it. It's yeah. I don't know. After the MCU, I'm kind of, like, tired of universe-connected stuff. But also, as sure. a DC fanboy, I really want it to be done well <laughs> if they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating right now that yeah. it's where it is. But I don't blame the Wonder Woman. I don't I don't blame Wonder Woman for that at all. No, I, I don't either. Suicide Squad and subpar, like, Batman v Superman and really weird, like, Saturday morning cartoon turned movie Aquaman and, like, stuff like that, like... 
Yeah. There's a lot of weird movies in this franchise. This one was not nearly as atrocious or offensive as a lot of them are. So. Oh, yeah. I will say, like... Given that. <laughs> the, char- the, the characters all, like... Like, Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig are really doing great stuff. Yeah. Even though, like, the story is, like, just fundamentally unsound and disingenuine. Yeah. But, like, they're really going for it, which you can appreciate. At least in a this comic is book fun, movie. you know? Oh, it's fun, yeah. Like, Suicide Squad is bad and boring. Yeah, <laughs> Like, at least not. this is, like... It ain't it. Jeez. It has its moments. It definitely is boring at times, but we'll get into that again. But, yeah, yeah. I'd say three stars, and you say two stars. I'd say it's, like... It's, like, in the middle of the road for the DC movies, as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. Agreed. Huge drop-off from the, from the first one. But we'll yeah. see what the critics have to say. I'm sure... It will not do well. Yeah, <laughs> with that stuff. It lost but, its uh, uh, tomato, like Rotten Tomatoes, fresh score after like two days. It was like at a ninety, and then really? it dropped to a like run? a. I think it dropped to a sixty or something. It was crazy. Sixty. Does this have it's, a worse review than Cars Two? No, there's no way. I think it's still considered well, fresh, I'm sure but Cars it, Two has a sixty-three. Holy cow! I hope not. <laughs> but um, this is way better than Cars Two. It's way better that. than Cars Two. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I'm sure we're about to dive into some big spoiler stuff yeah. here, but, uh, but yeah, anything else before we spoil? Um, no, I, again, look into the description if you want to see when we just start talking about, uh, our recommendations and stuff for yes, this sir. week. So you can avoid spoilers if you don't want to, it's on HBO max, uh, and it's also in theaters. Check it out. I would prefer, I would recommend watching it at home. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you can like distract yourself if you need mm-hmm. to because it is a long movie. And again, and don't, don't let uh, to, yeah. Don't let our uh, our opinion also sway your sway your watching it. Watch it for yourself. Don't let us Def- dictate yeah. your. If you decision. like superheroes, if you like DC movies, if you like Gal Gadot, if you like Wonder Woman, check it out. It, yeah. It's it's good. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, was you're, that you're convincing? fun. Yeah, that was good. It's good. It's good. It's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty. Yeah. All right, pretty, pretty good. So, yeah. Let, let's spoil, shall we? <laughs> let's spoil it, folks. Woo! Um, Carter. Yeah, Jackson. I have a lot of problems with this movie, as I, far as plot holes. Hey, as do I. Um. Um. <laughs> Let me just say first that this movie is Aladdin yeah. if Aladdin was bad. Um, so it's Aladdin 2019? Sure, but I... Th- 2018? That's, oh, that, that's... Will Smith? Yeah, 2019. I think you're right. No, 2018. I don't know. Anyway. 2018? One of those. Um, <laughs> can you explain to me the wishes <laughs> or not? So <laughs> I guess if you haven't seen it but you're still here, um, there is a plot device... <laughs> It's referred to, I think, officially as the Dreamstone, although only it's only called that like three or four times, and it's referred to like the gym, the stone, um, the monkey paw. I'm really annoyed that it kept getting referred to as the monkey paw because yep. Chris Pine points it out, but the plot it doesn't follow the rules of a monkey paw like at all, basically, um, and yet they continue to call it that, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, there is this plot device in this movie where and, – and because Maxwell Lord is the villain, 
like the main villain of this movie i thought and sometimes he has like telepathic powers i was like oh these are all going to be illusions created by him to get like to gain his power and like like authority over people in that way like he's going to manipulate these people like kind of like lex he's kind of like lex that sounds like a a good idea jackson um but instead he has a cursed rock from the god i think it's delos i looked it up sure who is like the greek dolos dolos which Ah. is the god of lies Mm. and which doesn't necessarily tie into what it does um which is kind of funny um because ultimately (laughs) this is a movie the themes that they introduce in the first scene is like truth versus lies but with this plot device it's not even that really i don't know it's pretty odd but essentially what it does is you make a wish on it and it will grant you that wish but it will twist it which is like a curse which is like the monkey paw however (laughs) for some reason in this movie you can just go oh that sucks i renounce my wish and it goes away to where there is no consequences after all and nothing is gained or learned from this experience easy Um, just like life (laughs) which is like completely counterintuitive to like what a monkey paw is like it's kind of like oh you wish this and because you were so greedy with your wish this is how it's gonna actually turn out it's like oh i wish to be a millionaire okay but you're fi- you're a millionaire because you robbed it and you're wanted by the fbi like that's kind of how like it would work yes and yeah. and they do that sometimes <laughs> when convenient to the plot when convenient to the plot and other times there'll be like wonder woman who wished for it but not out loud which apparently you have to do according to everybody else who wishes for it yeah her like consequence wasn't related at all to what she wished for and what she wished for was for chris pine's character uh steve trevor to return and yes. he does sort of, which is another thing. Let me oh, for a second. why because, does, <laughs> why does Chris Pine? Why, okay. Wait, wait, why does Steve Trevor? Yes. Come back, but only by possessing another person. Yeah. And why then he has to convince Diana that it's him, which he does really easily, which is fine. And then, and then from there on, all she sees is him, except, Obviously, she sees another person, but the audience is looking at Chris Pine. Which is strange. because Which whole... is really weird. Yeah. Because in other wishes, the stuff literally happens. Um, yeah. The, like... <laughs> You're doing a great job like, of explaining this, by the way. You're... Like... Like in like someone wished for like his like his old land that was like taken over by Egypt to be like his again, and Bialia, which is in the comics, we can talk about in a little bit. Like yeah. the walls literally rise from the ground, and like it, it like that's how it is now. Uh, and I just think it's really a weird choice to have to not have Steve Trevor just appear. Like that seems like the easiest, most obvious thing to do. And also, like the way that he, the way that he is brought back, like you said, that it doesn't relate to anything because it loses her powers. To yeah, me, like there's no consequence with him being there other than yeah. she's weaker, but it's not tied into him specifically. It's weird. Yeah. What, what were you gonna say? To me, that's just like really just like I, I get. I get like it's the feminism. It's like it's like really really hammering home the point that like a man will weaken your powers 
I guess, which is just seems really. I don't even think that's what I, is that what they were going for. I feel I like pick up on that. I mean that's what just being the cynic that I was while watching the movie and being the nitpicker I was. I was like, are, are we really hammering home this so much? Um, but I don't know. But this which which is why I don't think Chris Pine should even have come back at all. Um, yeah. Me and Carter like, are feminists, by the way. We do support women. Oh, yes. And want equal rights for them and stuff. Yes, I'm glad you. <laughs> but put sometimes, that out like there. this, I feel like we should put that that put that out there. But like yes. sometimes there are uh, feminist quote unquote movements in movies that are more detrimental, but and they're usually made by men writing the stuff, and it's clearly not written by women. In yeah, this case, Patty Jenkins did make it. Which is what I will say. I will say that is one of the strengths of the movie is that I do like that she, even though renouncing your wish doesn't, it's, the whole thing is doesn't make sense and is confusing. Makes sense. I do like <laughs> that she did renounce her wish and she chose to let him go before mm-hmm. the resolution of the movie. I'm glad that wasn't the resolution of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. Because that brought back the female empowerment of it all mm-hmm. which is like what the end of wonder woman the first one did in the first place mm-hmm. is like that she just lost like the greatest love of her life and she's still going to be very empowered and save the world yeah like and i do i do like that part that is something that saved the movie for me at one point because i thought it was going to go yeah. really really not good but um with that said do you want to start with like the beginning and we can kind of work our way through it because there's so much yeah with this um so <laughs> how does it start um so it opens uh in themiscara again because i think they really wanted an excuse to show it again and i don't blame them because themiscara is so rad uh yeah, it's it cool. has these awesome powerful women um for those who don't know it's an island of amazonian warriors that has been hidden from the world of man by the greek god zeus himself which is pretty sick. Uh, it has young uh, Diana. I don't know if it's the same actress. I didn't even think about that because young Diana is in the first movie too. I imagine it's probably not, right? It's probably uh, it's probably a different actress. I don't know. I didn't, um, but I she's didn't like competing in this Olympic type event, which is cool. Yep. Um, really fun. Really cool opening se- scene. Um, but she like falls off. She's like winning this like. De- like what would you even call this like a it's like a decathlon like the, almost yeah like a decathlon like she's on a horse she i guess it'd be like a trap she did like an obstacle course then she was swimming then she did a horseback race yeah it's like an iron and man i guess she like falls off of her horse and instead of like and the horse runs away and she was in first but she does this like shortcut that's really weird she like goes down the slide <laughs> yeah which um, is just there <laughs> Which um, I thought like, when they showed it, I was like, "Oh, she found some secret like tomb to something that's going to be revealing." It's like, no, it was just like a slide that she went down. <laughs> like, oh, cool. It had no significance. Um, and then she gets back on her horse and she's back in first place. But before she can finish the race, her trainer like rips her off the course and is like, "You cheated. Like you, you took a shortcut," which she did. But also, she was winning in the first place and would have won, whatever. Um, yes. And it was like basically like the quote that came out of it that it was like you cannot, um, no true hero is born from lies, which is a huge stretch in my opinion. But foreshadow, what, um, yeah. Which again, <laughs> I don't think really ties into. It's weird. I don't know. 
It doesn't make sense. And it's also, this whole scene is Whatever. A, uh, also a reason just to get Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen back to get a paycheck, I guess. Yeah, yeah they're great. So Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. And then they are not in the movie at all. Yep. Um, and then So then after that, we get the opening credits and stuff. And then we go into 1984 opening, like, saving sequence. Woo! We get it that it's, like, really in the 80s. And in the sequence, I have to say, there was three separate times where I was convinced we saw the introduction of Kristen Wiig's character where it wasn't Kristen Wiig. Uh, the girl, Did you like, notice this, too? Was this the girl, like, doing, like, the, the fast walk, the speed walk? Yes, so yeah. that was the first time it happened. Yeah, that's what I also and then, thought. I was like, oh, it's Kristen Wiig, and it wasn't. Um, but then, especially in the mall scene, which we'll get to, there was like a lady cop, and I thought for sure that was her again. Ah, uh, yeah, it I don't know what you're talking about. Um, it was so weird, and I, I just thought that was worth mentioning. But yes, one thing that, that is also very odd about this, and it's only because of the writing in Justice League and Batman v Superman that we have to like explain this, but basically um, in the like timeline of this universe after world war one, she disappeared never to be seen again until Batman V Superman, which obviously if you're going to do a prequel movie again, like you have to give a reason. Yeah. And her reasoning is that like she stays hidden when she saves people, which is BS because, <laughs> because she, she doesn't. <laughs> She doesn't. Um, she could choose to not wear a costume that at all that resembles the Wonder Woman <laughs> thing. Uh, because no one would suspect that you're the same age as someone from World War One. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that's even an issue. Um, but not only does she wear her old costume, she wears a flashier version <laughs> <laughs> an 80s version of her costume and that she's is just super bright <laughs> she's just winking at people too she's like oh this little girl yeah. won't tell anyone wink like sure she'll throw her tiara at cameras and stuff but like she's not like really doing a great job at it's like, like hiding <laughs> to the people who witness it like they know for sure what just happened it's one of the many instances where like the movie tries to be spider-man 2 where it like don't worry spider-man we won't tell when he's on the subway with like 50 yeah. people but this one it's a whole mall and she's been like, doing it for 30 so years it's like like it, when batman shows up like and obviously they're very different but like people aren't even sure if he's like real like, yeah like, like it's like he's a he's like a he's like bigfoot to gotham yeah. like like it's so funny to see like these contrasting differences and yeah. personally, like, she should be, like, someone who just shows up and everyone's like, oh, it's Wonder Woman, thank God. But because of the stupid Batman v Superman movie and Justice League movie, they have to be, like, weird about it instead of being able to just be like, yeah, she was here too. Yeah. Whatever. Move I on. I agree. But, yeah. And in this opening scene, it's narrated by Pedro Pascal. As he's, like, on the TV, which is cool. We get to see him. What do you think of Pedro Pascal I uh, in this role? I, again, his character is very flawed. And has mm-hmm. a lot of issues in just like how he executes his plan. There's a lot yeah. of um, a lot of plot holes there. Um, but I so appreciate when an actor in a lackluster movie goes for it and like yeah. is fully in it. It reminded me of like Jim Carrey Riddler, just in yeah. just in the way <laughs> that he fair. is just going for it and doesn't care if none of it makes sense. But he's acting so so hard. 
and mm-hmm. I appreciate and him this, for that. And uh, Birds of Prey, which was like the last DCEU movie. Yes. Uh, the actors who are playing the villains are doing great and having so much fun with it, which is yeah. good. Like, I, like I like to see that. villains being goofy, kind of. Like, I like that. Um, yeah. Like, you and McGregor, they're, they're yeah. fun in it. Is, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I like it. I thought, I thought Kristen Wiig's Cheetah was really good, actually. I, I liked really her a lot. I was really surprised with the casting. I was yeah. really surprised with the casting. Um, she killed it. Like, like normally I'd be like, oh, like for Cheetah, who is essentially the Lex Luthor to Superman, like the Joker to Batman. Like Cheetah is like that character to Wonder Woman. Yeah. And she, like in my mind, would be like a Charlize Theron or something like that. Like someone more like actiony commanding yeah. and actioning and i'm sure. like oh kristen Wiig, that's such an interesting choice but because of the character motivations in it like i totally get it yeah um but yeah yeah and, and then who... i guess we can move into oh go on what were you gonna say no, no you go ahead I'll, I'll get to it when we get to it <laughs> um yeah um so i guess we can move into we talked about the gym yeah um Boy, we did talked we. about oh also again going back to the gym when pedro pascal wishes to become the gym Mm-hmm. Or like the Dreamstone or whatever. Yep. That is a weird choice to me because I feel like everything he could have done, like that he did in the movie, he could have done by just like having the gym on him. I'm like, telling, I'm telling you, someone wa- one of the screenwriters watched Aladdin the night before, and they're like, "Wow, Jafar <laughs> becomes the genie. We got to do that." Like it's kind of it is unique. I will say it is pretty unique. I guess. Sure. But I feel like he could have done all of that stuff by just having it in his hand. Also, yeah. And the gem stealing scene where he seduces Kristen Wick's character to steal the gem, which is like roughly the size of a football. <laughs> he just shoves and it in the back able... of his, his pants. He just puts or something. it behind his back yeah. and he continues to like I don't know, plow her. I don't know what they do in that and office. Also, they do later something. she's like, Oh yeah, I let him borrow it. Like didn't even have to So like, why was he being so sneaky? So why is he about being a sneaky? I never even thought about that. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. Wait a minute, Carter. You're right. I just sorry, did I just unravel the biggest plot hole of the movie? No. Yeah. That was so goofy. Yeah. Also another plot hole we have to talk about is how so for some reason Pedro Pascal's character he he gets his he gets his business on the ground by like oh wait I have to talk about stag for a second so we learn that when Pedro Pascal's character Maxwell Lord goes to his business it's very flashy up front he goes upstairs it's not there's nothing up there yeah which is interesting because he becomes the the dreamstone which is like the stone of lies and essentially he, his whole persona is a lie. I think that's kind of interesting that like they tie that together in that way, I guess if yeah. you really want to look at it sort of deep, sure. um, but also it's really funny how like his kid is there upstairs with nobody supervising him except for stag who is also in the <laughs> office. It's like, was he watching his kid up there? Like what? And then you so. have that scene where like, Stag is basically monologuing about how he's a terrible business partner and how they're done. And then he calls him a loser in front of his kid. And then Pedro Pascal's just like, I'm not a loser. <laughs> like, this kid starts crying. It's so funny. But um, I wanted to give a little interesting fact about Stag because he's a, he's a DC Comics character. Um, he typically plays like the bad guy, like the bad guy businessman. Um, mm. 
but he he's been around in DC Comics since 1965, which is kind of interesting. Dang, you go, guy. Um, he's the CEO of Stag Enterprises, Simon Stag, and um, he's usually the the bad guy of this character called Metamorpho, who is honestly one of the coolest DC characters. He can like turn his body into like different materials, like gas or like elastic or, like, or a stone. wish stone. It's really cool. Maybe. Honestly, maybe. Why not? <laughs> he could probably do that. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting to show that. But but yeah. And then moving on. That, and then that's when Pedro Pascal like, comes up with the plan to steal that and stuff. But <laughs> the next scene I really want to talk about is the motivations of him going to Egypt. Yeah, which that don't make sense. Our characters. To it also go? It's whatever. He just wants to get all the oil, I guess. Yeah. And become like the next famous oil tycoon. Great but dreams. what's funny about it is that um, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor are like, well, I guess we got to steal a plane because you're dead and you can't fly to Egypt without a passport. But they completely gloss over the fact that he's not Steve Trevor. Yeah, he's he a has dude. a passport. He, he probably has a passport. And they don't address that at all, which is really weird, right? Like It doesn't, it do, it doesn't make sense. No. I was like, what? Why don't they just use that guy's passport? Also, I don't imagine airline security was that intense in the 80s. Yeah. You could probably just have like a, a crayon drawing of yourself. Maybe that looks good to me. It's that it's that birth certificate that from Benchwarmers where the guy shows it to him and it just says, I am 12. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, I can't imagine that would have been that difficult. But anyways, they steal a plane yeah. from the Air and Space Museum, I guess. Sh- sure. Where are they Which stealing I, the plane I, from? Which I guess those planes are just have the keys in them. Is there an airport there? Like I, I don't know. I've been to that museum, but I, I have too. It being I, like a runway. I guess maybe there is. And also, she just has like a key to all the museums uh, and because she like, works pick in a one plane. Any yeah. <laughs> and uh, he does, and they. He's like, oh, I don't really know how to fly this one, but anyways, here we go. But anyways, <laughs> I can fly it like, perfectly. You forgot about. She's like, and then like people are like, the sirens go off because someone has stolen a plane on their like airport, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, and and he's like, don't worry, I can outmaneuver him. It's like, oh no, there's radar, and he's like, what the heck is that? Which yeah. is kind of funny, <laughs> but then this prompts this really weird part of like where like suddenly Diana can turn things invisible. Which invisible, like the invisible plane, of, yeah. Which you get the invisible plane, which is like which is comic super yeah. goofy comic reference from like I knew it from like the Super Friends cartoon, <laughs> but I imagine it's been in the comics too, and it's it's weird, and I don't know. It just feels like a weird power that she has now. She can just turn stuff invisible, and I, also I because like, be like super useful. And we've also been just use all the time. Yeah, we've also been shown that like her powers are starting to diminish, but she can still somehow muster this, yeah. which she's never done before. Yeah. So that was also um, strange. <laughs> but then you get the fireworks scene, which is really cool. Yeah, that um, is cool. And and that's great. But then th- this moves on to what I think is like the best scene in the whole movie, honestly, which is the car chase scene. Um, yeah. But it's also insane. Like, so essentially, like, go on. I have a problem with it, but you tell me. Go go ahead. Okay. So one thing I think, I think that one problem that's in this, that's also in the last part of the scene of the movie is that 
all of a sudden she's changed into her costume uh, without yes. clearly not happening. <laughs> that happened out of nowhere. That's like Superman changing twice. the phone booth. Yeah. But like way worse. Um, it just happened. <laughs> but I think it's really cool. You see how like strong she is and like you, you just get to see her like outrun cars and like bat them around and stuff. Yeah. But cool. it also shows how inconsistent her losing her powers is. Yes. Because – uh, like earlier we learned that she's losing her powers because she can't open a, she can't break a lock off of a door. Yeah. But in this scene, she's literally pushing a two ton truck that's on its side towards moving vehicles to use as a bullet shield. Correct. But then later she's like in like literally like a minute later, she's too weak to push like these two trucks that she sandwiched between apart. Like it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it is. Also the scene's awesome because she lassos a bullet. <laughs> Yeah, she catches a bullet with her lasso, which is insane and right. fun. And in my head, in my head, I'm just like, oh, it's a magic lasso, so it can just grab onto whatever she wants it to grab onto. Sure, why not? Whatever. I don't think it's because she's particularly good at lassoing stuff. I think it's more like magic lasso is the answer to this. Right? Yeah, like uh, it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but also, you get the scene. Where she flips the truck from underneath it and like that was cool, above, which is so that was cool. cool. Um, also, but I guess when this car chase starts, Pedro Pascal's character sees Diana, but doesn't know she's Wonder Woman, and like, which is weird that he's like, get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. Like, wait, I know you. Hey, like, from the museum. Like, yeah, like he doesn't realize that it's her. Um, and then yeah. also she rides a missile, which was weird and cool at the same time <laughs> yeah. to save these kids, um, who are in the street and, but also when they fall, cause she lets go of the lasso, which is like, Oh, she's losing her powers, I guess, whatever. Um, but when they fall, the, the kids are very clearly like dummies. I don't know if you caught onto that, but I saw it on both times. It's so funny in, in the rewatch too <laughs> like great. how like how clearly they're not real children because like stunt work and stuff how but, do you uh, feel yeah. about the subtext of an actual real idf soldier saving arab children it's she is problematic we <laughs> um gal gadot anyway. well i understand in their culture they have to be in the army they have to serve in the israeli army and stuff yeah She's had some weird takes on all of that. Understandably, I understand where she's coming from because that's her culture and, like, that's what she fought for. So, like, obviously she's going to think those things. But that being said, uh, personally, I don't think those things. So I think it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, what, what was your uh, complaint about that scene, Carter? Oh, uh, it's not the scene in general. It's just, like... This whole thing just feels very like full Middle Eastern stereo stereotypes going on. Yeah, that's fair. Which is which is my only qualm with it, like the mm-hmm. oil, and he's like, I want to vanish these heathens from my land, and I don't know. That whole part is, but that's not anything to do with the action scene because this was probably yeah. the only action scene that like was actually very cool. I thought like I thought the up. I thought the White House okay. stuff was okay. I, I wasn't particularly that was weird too blown away by it but yeah the uh the part where he like renounces and wants to talk like wants his Bialian empire back that's actually a reference to like a fake country uh Bialia in the DC comics oh okay that makes it a little better then 
Um, Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Renouncing but and then uh, moving on, we'll skip some stuff around because this movie is really long. Uh, yeah, basically, we... I guess we should talk about Cheetah gets her powers because she wishes to be cool like, um, like Wonder Woman. Wow. Um, and in doing so gets amazonian powers which is a cool way to like get her powers i guess um and then for her to figure out who wonder woman is but she sacrifices um, her cool. like good heart and her good-hearted nature yeah i guess they don't yeah they don't really like i don't know that one's like a little weird yep. um, and then <laughs> and then we gotta talk about like how she becomes cheetah because i don't really understand how she becomes cheetah or why she becomes cheetah no it doesn't make sense i it must have been off screen where she said i wish to be a cat um because i missed that part but she can't she... have a second wish no that's why it doesn't that's make what, sense I don't get. because like, is he does he go hmm i'm gonna modify your consequence to something that you like instead i don't like is I, that i don't know it's like do? it doesn't make any sense she just I don't know. At one point, just at least she doesn't look like, and I mentioned this to you not on the podcast, but at least she doesn't look like Tom Hooper's cats. At least it, the I design thought, looks cool. I thought she looked great. I was yeah. really worried because the trailer was barely showing her, and that's because like that part is like barely in it's the movie. Dark. Yeah. Um, but I think she looked great, and I personally wish that she would somehow be able to show up in another movie. Because yeah, she didn't. Really interesting. She didn't die because somehow she, she survived die. being electrocuted in water. So good. Yeah, I thought they killed her. I was like, oh, <laughs> she was she's dead, dead in that moment. Um, but they didn't. I know she's just a uh, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I would. And, I would love a uh, a Justice League movie where the villains are just a team of like their villains. I think that'd be way cooler. And you could have happen. her in there. That'd be sick. Um, I'd like that. <laughs> But then, like, the final act was so-so. It was weird that they had, like, a device that could stream him to every TV. But in doing so, like, because he was on camera. But then he stood on, like, the the beam or whatever. And that did something different, I guess. Sure. I don't know. And this it was, was weird. I'm touching these people. So you don't have to actually touch them physically. Yeah. As long as it's through airwaves or whatever. And Personally... The- I really wanted it to go there out because he talked to like a mega church guy. I really wanted him to start his own cult. I thought that would have been really cool. That would have um, been fun. And it, I wish it would have gone that route instead, but it didn't. Um, and it just got really weird. It sounds like to understand. Just to, just sounds like to sum up the movie. It just like it's a lot of I, uh, we're hearing. A, I wish it would have the. <laughs> which is yeah. just it's good stuff we should write the next one and, and the fact that like this never gets mentioned in the universe ever again like how did they not know about wonder woman at this point like like this was huge like i don't nukes know. just appeared out of nowhere there's like, just too <laughs> at many one point, there was segregation against the the irish again like like the discrimination <laughs> against the irish happened again yeah. like so many weird things happened in this in this wishing mayhem that like you think it'd get brought up again like you think bruce would have wished for his parents to be back alive at that point or something like i don't know like yeah there's so many weird things it's just too many if, if i just there's just too many plot holes and it just doesn't so many make sense and i'm all for suspension of belief especially in superhero movies but yeah not a, there's like it's just like detrimental to the plot and like yeah moving it forward through effective storytelling yeah. i don't know 
And that was Wonder Woman 1984. She convinced everybody to undo their wish, which isn't what a monkey paw is, but whatever. All of the things. <laughs> she did it. All of the things are beautiful, except yeah. Wonder oh, Woman 1984. Yeah, we have to talk about that, too. The very ending where where she's just like all of the things are are beautiful it's like what what like, dialogue is that and then it like ends sort of with uh the balloon flying up in the end like okay i guess like that's weird oh and and we have to talk about this this armor that shows up in the last scene because it's it's barely mentioned in the movie it's really pointless basically it looks sick and it will look good on action figures but we see her flying to the battle where she learns how to fly, which is, again, whatever. She's never flown in the other movies. I She's prefer that she doesn't fly because I think it's cooler that she whips on lightning bolts and stuff. Yeah, but that is cool. But then when she shows up, she has the armor. Where did she go? Did she fly? Was she flying to get her armor there? Or was she flying to the big fight and then had her armor? I don't know. It was weird. She had it mailed overnight. I think it was Am- <laughs> Amazon Prime was the real savior yep. of the movie. <laughs> but yeah, Shout all of the out. things. <laughs> Shout out Amazon Prime. So many problems, but oh it was cool. Gosh. I don't know. It was it was a movie. It was a movie. That being said, I'm excited for Wonder Woman 3. Yeah, you know? as am I. Woo! Woo! Beautiful. <laughs> Dang, Carter. Sorry, I ranted for way too long during that. I apologize, no, everybody. We needed it. That's what you're... You're the comic guy, and this movie was a comic book movie. Kind of. Yes. Um, kind of. <laughs> It's good. The viewers know everything they need to know now. And yep. that was our reviews, guys. We Woo-hoo. hope you enjoyed them. We certainly mm-hmm. enjoyed this experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we move on, Jackson? Let's do it. Uh, the list is life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. Now, Jackson, mm-hmm. we can either, I'll give you an option. You can do a number, random number. Okay. Or I can tell you where I've placed Soul and Wonder Woman on my list. Let's do that. Let's do that. That sounds okay. fun. I want to see where these rank for you. Which, so I'll start with Soul, I suppose. Okay. Um, Soul is up there, my friend. I think it's it's great. Uh, it's my eighth favorite Pixar movie. And mm-hmm. if you listen to the last podcast, those seven first Pixar movies are very high, just in my hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I have soul at 187 solid. on my list. That's pretty good. Very solid. Top 250. Um, yeah, it's that is a four and a half star right there. And I wish I could say the same for Wonder Woman. <laughs> 1984. Uh-huh. My list is... I should mention is 1,892 movies strong. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 falls. I'm searching it right now. Sorry, it falls at 1,357th. So, Whoa. so not that great. That is low. That is uh, wow. that is low. Um, sorry guys. Wow. <laughs> sorry to everyone that liked Wonder Woman 1984. It just wasn't for me. It was fun at times. Wait, can I ask you yes. where the original Wonder Woman falls? Just for reference? Uh, yeah. Wonder Woman. Oh, gee. This is what a, what a treat. You're getting three in one episode. How about that, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman, oh, gee, is 497th. Okay. So a huge, a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. A very large difference. How many stars difference. did you give Wonder Woman? I gave Wonder Woman three and a half. 
That's fair. Yeah. I think the third act of Wonder Woman is pretty messy. Um, yeah. The, that's fair, I think. Yeah. So, you know. I would give Wonder, the original Wonder Woman probably a four stars. Yeah. For, in the context of superhero movies, which is kind of how you have to rank those. Yeah. But, yeah, Agreed. I think that's good. That's, so, yeah. that's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Cool. That's a quick little list sorry, of life for Sorry, you 84. You are uh, yeah. really low. You know, you know that you only you can only go up if other <laughs> movies come along that are worse. Wow. So yeah. Um, finally, Jackson, um, should we move on to our last segment? Yeah, let's move on to uh, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. And uh, Carter, this week I thought it would be good to do uh, just like a little recommendation of our favorite movie that came out of 2020. It could Very be fun. Wonder Woman 1984. It could be Soul. No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got? So, well, I'm going to go ahead and spoil. I don't want to talk about – I'm going to talk about my second one because Soul was my favorite 2020 release. Really? Um, yes. It's the highest ranked wow. one of the year. But I That's want fair. to give some love then to my second favorite one. Mm-hmm. which we haven't talked about and that is tenant uh really i haven't yes. seen tenant i wow got to go see tenant in a movie theater mm-hmm. which was very thrilling in chicago um and the the theaters are closed again woohoo fun um Ooh. but i got to go see it in theaters and it blew me away um it's like upper slash middle Christopher Nolan. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's peak Nolan in terms of like, here's a movie you probably won't really understand, but who cares? It's a great movie experience. That is like what Christopher Nolan goes for. Um, I just think Tenet was, it was very confusing at times. Mm -hmm. I had to, I'm going to have to watch it again. I've only seen it the one time. Um, but man, there are just some jaw dropping set pieces and action sequences and just really cool storytelling and visually just a very fun watch. And it's also very long. Um, but it doesn't feel terribly long when you're in it Mm -hmm. because it's just very fun. So I'm giving my shout out to Tenet, which I gave, uh, which I gave four stars, which is just, which was a much needed, um, in a year that was very mundane up until uh-huh. June or July or when I got oh September I guess when I got to see Tenet it was just a breath of fresh air to see a blockbuster again fair. in the movie so Tenet that's totally fair Tenet yes. woo so for me Carter um, I'm almost positive I've recommended this movie already uh, on our podcast or talk, maybe I just talked about it to you I love it uh, I'm recommending uh, this little ditty called Palm Springs Eat. which was this amazing movie that did really well at like Sundance and like other movie festivals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it has Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Melody, I think Miliati. Miliati, she's yeah. great. Yes, she's in and J.K. Simmons and J.K. Simmons. Yes, <laughs> so many people. Yeah, and it's just a really fun, light-hearted, quick nine. It's a it's a solid ninety-minute movie. It is, um, a which solid I 90. think we need more of these days. To be honest, I'm kind of tired of these two and a half hour uh, wink at Wonder Woman 1984. Like we <laughs> need wink, to wink. wink, wink. 
please stop making these movies so long. Uh, you don't need them to be this long. The perfect length movie is an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Like that I will say. Yeah. You can tell an effective story. That's not an epic in an hour and 40 minutes. Exactly. And Palm Springs is just something that is fun and lighthearted and really different than what you've probably seen of late. Um, yes. It's a good distraction. It really is. Andy Samberg really shows off his acting chops here. He's still this hilarious guy, but like as a leading character in something that's more heavier, I guess. Like His character is pretty dark at times, actually. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he balances it really well. And it's just a blast. And I'm not going to say liter- – I'm literally not going to say anything else about it because my that. favorite thing to do is to show people this movie without any context <laughs> and then just having them go in completely blind because when it shocks you, it really is really surprising. And it's so fun. And you're yeah. going to do nothing but smile when you watch this movie. So Palm Springs is mine. So check it out. This is great, Jackson, because my top three from 2020, literally, if I go in order – it's Soul, Palm Springs, and Tenet. So Shout that worked out. out well. Look at that. <laughs> Shout out to them. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's great. And yeah, I think uh, with that, Carter, we are finished. Sorry, this is a, a longer one, but um, you know, it, I'm I'm happy hey. about it. I think this was a fun one. This is our first review that we've yes. ever done, and we, we you, did two really big movies. Um, so yeah, I think it if went you, well. If you can't tell, we love talking about movies. And we yeah. love picking them apart in all of their fashion, for um, good and, and bad. Yeah, and for those listening who have been sticking with us since episode one, thank you. We've made we've made ten episodes, Carter. That's like to me a pretty big deal. I'm I'm pretty proud of the stuff we've put out. And I am I really as well. Think we've I really think we've grown as as little creators and and with our stuff. I Check think us so. Out. Check us out on our Instagram that we have now uh, at roughcut underscore pod. Mm. We uh, we just did the Pixar tournament, which was really fun. Uh, we we put questions on there and, and get some fun interactions going on there. And it, it's it's pretty. It's I'm enjoying it. I really love running it, and I love yes. all the people who who support it and participate in it. And it's great. So yes. thank you to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Happy hope, New Year. Yes. Happy New Year. Here's to a better one. Yes. Here's to more rough cut retrospective in the new year. Mm-hmm. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week with some fun, fun new stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Woohoo! We did it. Goodbye, guys. We love Bye. you. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening.